This is Mark Spector from Sportsnet, and you're listening to the Tomahawk Roundup. All right, so what is going on, guys? This is Frank Zorowski here with the Tomahawk Roundup, and I am joined by Mark Spector of Sportsnet. Mark, how are you today? Good, really excited to have you on. So, you know, one of your best works, your book, Road to Gold, The Untold Story of Canada at the World Juniors, highlighted the emergence of the now dominant Hockey Canada World Junior Program. What kind of work went into writing this fabulous hockey story in publishing and behind the scenes? Well, if anyone uh, who's ever tried to write a book knows that it's, uh, you don't ever want to count how many hours you put in because... It's well. You probably get paid well below minimum wage for it <laughs> to start with. Uh, you know, the World Juniors have been going on a long time, and and I think the, the unique thing about a book on the World Juniors is trying to select, you know, the stories that are worthy of telling. Like every year is its own year, right? Every season, every, every Christmas, there's a new tournament. Right. There's new people in it, and new stories, and you have to kind of. Uh, I didn't want it to be sort of a compendium, like, and then in 93, and then in 94, you know, right. wanted to single out the good stories, and then you got to go find the people that were involved in those stories and get them to tell. So, you know, it was a lot of fun to do. It's a lot of work, but so is every book. And uh, I was proud of what came out. Yeah, I, w I was really proud. You know, I actually recently ordered it uh, for all our listeners who are in the Canadian area. You know, we get a large Canadian audience. Definitely check out Mark's book about the World Juniors. It's a blast. I can't wait for it to come in the mail. It should be coming any day now. So I'll have to check my Amazon account as to when that's when that's coming in. So... Um, but on to your coverage with the Oilers, you know, the this past offseason, the Edmonton Oilers brought in a world-famous Chicago Blackhawk in Duncan Keith. You know, how does he help with what they are trying to build in Edmonton? Well, let's find out, shall we? Um, you know, as we record this podcast, he's played one exhibition game and will play his second uh, this evening. So, you know, Duncan Keith is an interesting story. I was I covered all three of the Chicago Blackhawks Stanley Cups, and was lucky enough to see that team at its, you know, at its greatest. Marion Hossa and, and of course Keith Seabrook and Taves and Kane and you know Patty Sharp and of course Crawford and Goal. All the you know that was a very very strong generation of the Chicago Blackhawks. And, and Keith, to me, I, I voted for him for Norris twice. Uh, sorry for the. Consmite twice. He won it once, I believe. But in my eyes, he should have won it more than once. But that's fine. Uh, so I guess let's let's cut to the chase. A lot of Blackhawks fans looked at his his analytics over the last two seasons and were very unimpressed. And you know, he was playing first pairing minutes in Chicago for a team that either led the league or was second in the league in scoring chances allowed. Mm -hmm. uh, he played with a series of young, inexperienced defensemen. He was, you know, put in a position where he was playing the most minutes against the toughest opponents and for a not a very good team with not great goaltending. So yeah. I look at those numbers in Chicago and I wanna say, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of what abouts around those numbers. He's gonna come to a better team He's going to come to a team where he's playing second pairing minutes, not first pairing minutes. And let's, you know, I think that he'll show himself to be an excellent second pairing defenseman, but the jury's still out. Let's see what this 38-year-old player has left. Certainly when it comes to leadership and experience, and, you know, the Oilers are a team that 
we think they'll make the playoffs, but they haven't done anything in the playoffs. Having guys like Duncan Keith around can only help there, but only if he can play. He's got to be able to play. So let's see what happens. Yeah, and I think that what-if factor when you're talking about, oh, you know, his leadership, his 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 pro the the problems that he had on the analytics side the the past couple of years like you said there's a lot of what ifs and we don't we don't know everything that went into you know those numbers because numbers are number are numbers without context yeah i i'm of the mind that i mean listen analytics are uh you know they they're all over our game they're certainly all over baseball uh and they've they've really made an impact in those sports i'm of the mind that the you know analytics are a a tool in the toolbox you know they're a piece of the pie they're not the whole pie precisely right? they're not the whole they're not the whole toolbox so you know i know that you can sort of make you know the numbers can to to some extent the numbers can say what you want them to say and and sometimes the numbers tell you things you didn't want to see but they're right so you know again with duncan keith the numbers don't paint him as an effective defenseman over the last two years, but I can talk to you about a lot of scenarios that made it pretty impossible to be the Blackhawks' number one defenseman over the last two seasons, right? Yeah. Oh, I, I'm. Yeah, I'm very well aware of that. <laughs> Hasn't been pretty. So, you know, let's see what this player has left on a much better team, uh, with probably better goaltending, and certainly a team that has the puck a lot more and is more successful at playing the other teams at. Yeah, you know, keeping with this Oilers theme, Mark, you know, explain to our listeners about the Battle of Alberta, because a lot of a lot of teams around here, you know, it's the American, it's the Colorado versus Detroit, it's the Minnesota-Chicago, it's the Detroit versus Chicago, but a lot of our listener base is in America, while we do have a significant portion in Canada, explain to the American side about the Battle of Alberta and how it's evolved over the past decade with guys like McDavid and Lucic coming into the picture. Well, I would take it back a lot further. The first book I wrote was called The Battle of Alberta. Yeah. Frank, and I, I, I dug in on the whole history. And, you know, I mean, I think you could take this. You know, what I want to say to you is, you know, back in the 80s, it was a real battle of Alberta. There was a lot of fighting going on. Uh, it was a very scary rivalry. Anything could happen at any time. What made it different, I think, is that in the 80s, well, the Edmonton Oilers were, you know, clearly the best team. They won five Stanley Cups, uh, including 1990. The Calgary Flames, some of those years, were the second best team in the league, right? So, you know, we right. watched the, what we used to call the Chuck Norris division. And I very, I vividly recall the days of Ben Wilson and Basil McRae, you know, and Dirk Graham and, and uh, Enrico Ciccone and... You know, all those guys in the Chicago, Minnesota, I recall Kelly Chase playing against the Chicago Blackhawks and how much fun those games were. Oh, yeah. Toronto, right? And we used to get Toronto-Chicago on, on on Hockey Night Canada up here when, when it was Wendell Clark playing for Toronto. And, you know, Chicago had a very tough team with Daryl Sutter and a bunch of guys. So I remember those days very well. And, and listen, hockey is just not the same anymore. We can sit and discuss whether we like it more now, like it less now. That's a that's a discussion to have over a jug of beer, Frank. <laughs> but the, the rivalries last, and they just play the hockey a little bit differently now. You know, it's a skating game. You know, today when Edmonton and Calgary play, there's no. You know, we used to back then it was Edmonton had Dave Semenko and uh, 
Calgary had Tim Hunter. Oh, and boy. team had about five other guys that were tougher than nails. So any game could turn into either a, a brawl, which the fans loved. Yeah. Or you also had a lot of skill players. You had Gretzky, and you had Joe Neuendijk, and you had Hoken Lube, and you had Aaron Kerr. It could turn into a hell of a, of a skill fest. You didn't know what you were going to get, I guess. And today's game, I think you know what you're going to get a little more. It's, it's going to be fast. I enjoy the hockey today very much. But it's I, I, can I say it's a little more predictable? What we know, we're not going to see a brawl. We're not going to see as many hits. It's just not the physical game it used to be. And that and that's and that's so important. You know, I had actually written a piece about uh, concussions in hockey with my longtime uh, friend of the show, Steve Dubinsky, former Blackhawk, and he echoed your sentiments, Mark. You know, he said, "Oh, the game is a lot more fast. You you know what's going to happen." You know, you know how it's going to play out. It's it's not as big of a, a, a fighting sport as it more of a skill game. Yeah, for sure. And that's this is the games evolve. And I'm not going to sit here and defend and, and 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 cry out for more. You know, to see more of two six foot three men bare knuckle fighting at no. like a couple of gladiators. I mean, we had that those eras in our game. They're gone. Society, I think, has moved past that. You know, we've seen the damage left with those men yes. in their post-hockey post life. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and tell you. Uh, listen, I went to those games as a kid and as a young reporter and ate it up. Loved it, man. You know, the old Montreal-Quebec rivalry, like it was a bloodbath when they played the playoffs, right? Uh, I love that stuff and so did everybody, but we've moved on now. Now we don't, I don't cry out to see people get their heads smashed in the way we used to. I don't like the UFC personally. I don't want to watch some, every fight that ends with someone getting punched in the head 10 times. It's not my, it couldn't be your thing. And that's fine. Right. Go buy a ticket, enjoy it all night long. It's not my thing anymore. No, no. And that may, and that makes a lot of sense because like you said, the game has evolved and things changed. So, you know, we talk about Edmonton a lot with McDavid, Dreisaitl, now with Zach Hyman. You know, on the other side of things, you know, who is an up-and-coming player from Calgary we should know about in the Chicago area that might be and should be on our radars? In Did you say in Calgary? Yeah, in Calgary. Um, I would say, you know, that if, if Calgary lacks one thing, it's really high-end young players. They've got some good ones. You know, they've got a nice little forward named Andrew Mangiapani. They've got a um, they've got a nice Swedish defenseman named Rasmus Anderson. Oh yeah. Uh, but what they don't have is, you know, the Edmonton Oilers have Jesse Puljujarvi, right? He's like a 23 year old Finn that the sky's the limit for this guy. Could he oh. turn into mm-hmm. Miko Rantanen? I'm not sure he could be that good, but I'm not sure that he can't. You know, so I think the difference, I mean, Connor McDavid was 24 years old. He's still an up-and-coming young player. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, you know, Evan Bouchard on defense here, he's a young player. So I'm not answering your question about the Calgary Flames because, you know, I'll be honest with you, I don't think Calgary has the really exciting young talent that they're going to need to go somewhere. That's an organization that's that's heading, in my opinion, for a transformation here. They kind of built their pillars. You know, they, they cemented their pillars around Johnny Goodrow and Sean Monahan. And I'm not sure those are the players that, that you can sort of build your team around. They have some good talent there. Uh, Elias Lindholm is a 
awesome sentiment. Michael Backlund's always a second line sentiment there. He should be a third line sentiment on a really good team. Um, they lost Mark Giordano, which hurts, you know. So they've got some players, but I'm not sure they have enough players and enough young players, Frank. Yeah. To and that and that makes sense you know when you when you talk about Edmonton you know they have the the Dylan Holloway that's coming up in the pipes from Wisconsin for our listeners in the in the Chicagoland area who who know his explosiveness in the Big Ten hockey scene and what he's capable of and it, it's it's really you like you said Calgary sunk their pillars in to in my opinion some of the wrong guys you know there were there were there were choices made there were forks in the road and they they went the wrong way on some of those those players and like you said they need some more young talent to kind of retool and rebuild to where they can be a successful playoff team. Oh, for sure. Uh, you know they're in a. Remember, they're in a division again with an eminent team that's got a lot of young players, and they're still getting better. Uh, you know, I, Leon Dreisaitl, he's a top five player in the league. He's still only twenty five years old. Yeah. Uh, and they're in a division with Vancouver that's got players like Quinn Hughes, you know, and, and Elias Pettersson, right? And even Brock Besser is a younger guy. Um, you know, they've got they've got a Russian kid named uh, Pod Colson who uh, is just looks like he's going to be a hell of a player even their goaltender uh Demko's a younger goaltender who's going to be around for a while right so you know when you're in that division and you're in western canada with two teams that have drafted well and really put some you know high-end talent coming out of the draft you got to match that or you're going to get left behind yeah, exactly, and I and I think when you're when you're talking about get it, uh, it's it's a cyclical effect. You know, you you sure. you reach you reach your peak and then you then you fall and then you reach your peak and well, fall. Right, the Blackhawks can tell you about that. Right? Well, yes, the they Hawks certainly can. It was exceptionally high, and they, they, when they were good, they won. And that to me is everyone's going to have times when they lose. The trick here is. When you're good, you got to have standard cups to show for it, and I think the Chicago Blackhawks certainly do. Yeah, they they certainly do, and I mean, just just talk just talking about the Blackhawks more. You know, what do you see them as their missing link to getting back into things? You know, they they re, they acquired Mark Andre Fleury. They have a lot of depth at goaltending. What do you see as their kind of missing piece going forward in their rebuild retool? Well, I would say to you, they're probably. Uh, I mean, the defense that they closed the season with last year, uh, it just wasn't good enough, right? They just, you know, there's a reason. If I'm not mistaken, a natural stat check, if you look it up, the Chicago Blackhawks two seasons ago led the league in, in quality, scoring chances allowed, and I believe they were second in the league to Vancouver last season. Yeah. So, figure it out. They don't defend very well. Right. right? <laughs> yeah, I, rem- I remember seeing those stats. I talked about those last year. Yeah. Yeah. So they have a group of forwards who don't, you know, the old, when you have excellent forwards like the old Lions had, they had the puck a lot. You know, and they were they were the ones with the puck pressing in the other zone. The Chicago Blackhawks, the offensive core, their four lines deep, they don't have the puck enough. They don't They don't maintain enough pressure because they're not as good as they once were. And on the back end, their defense can't withstand the pressure the way it used to. So, you know, and in the, in the last couple of years, I haven't loved their goaltending at all. Mark Andrew Fleury is going to solidify that because he's still a tough flight goaltender. But, you know, it's, it's, about, it's about having a, a, 
forward lines that play the game at the other team's end, and then it's about having a defensive six that can withstand some pressure because it's it's inevitable the other team does get to have the puck once in a while. And the Blackhawks have sort of fallen off in both areas, and they're trying to catch back up. Yeah, and I think they did a decent job of doing that. You know, in my opinion, the Seth Jones contract it was a little it was it, it was a little overpaid to say the very least. Um, uh, bringing in a physical guy like Jake McCabe certainly helps, but I agree. But I agree with you. You know, the it was the offense that was propelling the defense. Now you've got a kind of a role reversal in a sense. Well, I mean, Seth Jones is, is Seth Jones. I'm never going to say Seth Jones is Chicago's best player as long as they have Patrick Kane on the team. Uh, you know, Jonathan Taze is coming back now, and let's, I mean, uh, ultimate respect for Jonathan Taze, I mean, as, as any Canadian hockey person would say. But he did miss, you know, a lot of time here, and let's see how he plays this one. Um, but, you know, Seth Jones is an anchor, right? Yeah. Seth Jones is, is uh, you know, he hasn't accomplished what Duncan Keith accomplished but what you can say is he's he gives you an anchor back there that as keith was for the blackhawks for so many years you know i'm not sure who even they're playing them with here in camp i've been busy with my own camp uh you need a solid pairing you need a 24 minute pairing here and certainly you got half of that with seth jones let's see how mccabe you know mccabe if he's elevated to be say a number two with Jones, or I'm not sure, like I say, who they're playing him with. You know, Caleb Jones comes there. Could he stick on the third pairing? Let's see, right? Be interested to watch Caleb Jones. I've got to know him a little bit at Edmonton. He's a very nice young man, and he's on the verge of being a player. I'd like to see what happens to him in Chicago. Yeah, describe that relationship with Caleb, you know, because a lot of uh, Blackhawk fans didn't really know him, different division. What do you know about Caleb Jones, and what should Blackhawk fans know about Caleb Jones going into this season? Well, he's a bit of a hybrid player, a defenseman for me, in that he, he likes to follow up the play, he skates exceptionally well, he moves the puck pretty good, he's got a lot of offensive pedigree and, and um, he wants to play the game offensively. However, he's never been a high points guy at any, at any level, never been a 60 point defenseman, so, you know, if you're going to be... If, if every the most important thing for every defenseman to keep a job in the National Hockey League, especially a young one, is the puck can't be in your net all the time. Sure, you got to be able to defend. You got to learn to defend. You got to be reliable in your own zone. And you got to get the puck going north. So he wants to. He's got offensive instincts. Um, is he going to be a thirty-five point defenseman one day? I'm not sure. But I guess what I'd say to you is, if he his first task will be survive defensively. Learn how to play the game defensively, which has sort of probably been his, you know, what slowed him down, I guess, a little. He needs to he needs to be a little more liable in his own zone. I think that's fair to say. And then he might, you know, if he can solidify a job, get the trust of his coaching staff, and get a regular shift, I think he could have he could really bring some offense to your team as well. Yeah. But if he never figures out how to keep the puck out of his own net, he's never going to get the chance to score those thirty five points, Frank. Because he's not going to be on the ice enough. Exactly, you said it. You said it best, Mark. You know, it, it's it's the it's the it's the dimensions of the game. You know, you first you have to do the defense, then you have to do your offense, and then you go into more of an explosive role. Yeah, that, that's it, right? That's it. Like, listen, no, you know, unless your name is Kale McCarr. And you're just so good offensively that they're willing to let you figure it out in the back end as time passes. 
you know, let's face it, Caleb Jones isn't Kalen Carr. Yeah, you know, he's a he's a, he's mortal, uh, and he's going to have to, you know, again, he's it, it's about defending. You can't, you know, you can't be the guy that lets in uh, that that watches a goal go in every night, particularly if you're not part of scoring one every night. Is that fair? Yeah, that's very fair. That's that's accurate and more than fair. Yeah, so Mark, before we head out today, is there anything else you want to add for our listeners around the U.S., Canada, Chicagoland, Edmonton? Anything you want to add for our listeners? Well, I'll tell you what, I sure look forward. I don't know if, if and when I'll be coming to Chicago. I mean, it's my one of my favorite cities. Uh, you wouldn't know, but I've been a, a default Cubs fan my uh, entire life. I've got the Alberta Cubs win license plate on my truck, <laughs> and I have since I was 17 years old. Um, so, first of all, I can't wait to get back to Chicago. It's one of my favorite places. And I think, you know, it wasn't right last year, Fred. It wasn't right. Like, up in Canada, we love playing the Leafs all the time and, you know, playing all these Canadian teams in that weird Canadian division last year. But, you know what, it's not – you don't feel like you're in the NHL when you don't see the Flyers jersey come through town, the Rangers jersey, right, when you don't see the mm-hmm. Blackhawks, when, when your team doesn't go – you know, play a game in Chicago and you, you make sure you're in front of the TV for Jimmy Corneliuson's uh, anthem, right? It's not it's not the same. No, so it wasn't. I'm looking, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to covering a normal team and watching a, you know, watching a game come at me out of Chicago. I'm looking forward to when the Habs are in Chicago and it's an all-original six. Uh, I just, it's, it's time to get back to normal hockey. We've been deprived of it for a couple of years. Let's go here. Let's go. Let's get back to normal hockey. Mark Spector of Sportsnet. Mark, thank you so much for the time. Hey, thanks for having me, Frank. Real pleasure.